This morning, I was at church, as I am wont to do. Uh, you got a huge boner, right? Yeah, I got this weird, <laughs> huge boner. Yeah. Um, they were like, he is risen. And I was like, it's yeah. not Easter. And then I was like, they mean me. Yeah. Um, but come all ye faithful uh, and just like, oh, God, yeah. I'm faithful. Uh, here oh, I go. Fuck. Okay. None of that happened. Perfectly normal service. I go through into the hall. People are like catching up with me because obviously I've been away all year. Hot um, new guy at the church. Who's this hot new Sydney boy? Yeah. Rocking leather jacket. Point is, I go into the hall for coffee, having a few yarns, and then one of the chaps who's there comes up and, you know, like we have a good yarn now and then. Anyway, he's like, hey, dude, I'm really getting into your podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. funny hearing you swear and I'm like ah! I'm just like melting oh laughing I'm like oh. falling to pieces this is a tale of a strange and dangerous world a world known as Carthus this is an adventure full of magic hardship and friendship this is a tale about a world at war and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, ho, ho! Welcome to How to Win Loot and How, 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 Ho, Ho Christmas Edition. It's a dragon podcast with me, Big B, and it's Christmas this time. And we're all in the same room together for the first time in... Well, not, not in the same room together for the first time, but recording this podcast in the same room together for the first time uh, in a long time. So, here we are. I'm Ben McAllister, your regular time dungeon master. Welcome to the show. This is the most long-winded intro I've done in a while. <laughs> And what's that chill wind? It's me, Jackson Frost. <laughs> okay, I kind of we're, yeah. we're doing a Christmas winter thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though it's Australia and it's forty-eight degrees outside. Well, you, 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 like you took Frost. the big man, so I, I'm yeah, I'm just yeah, okay. No, I, I love that. I yeah, what? who wants to be Mrs. Claus? <clears throat> you took the me? big man. I was Santa. Yeah. I didn't actually say that explicitly. I well, just kind of went ho ho ho. Who oh. else says ho ho ho? I mean, other than like you know. Hip-hop. <laughs> I also didn't say ho-ho-ho, I said hello-ho-ho, which oh, I yeah. think is... Oh, that's actually, yeah, that is more, that's yeah. more of an Atlanta thing. Okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> I'm Thomas the Elf on Your Shelf, Owen. Oh, nice. Oh. Making sure you've been good. Yeah. You've heard oh. of Elf I on didn't realise it was surveillance thing. Your bums? No, is it a surveillance <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's like the elf watches the children to be yeah. like, are you behaving well? I saw an article and being they, like, they elf on the shelf is just introducing your child to a dystopian world of surveillance. And I was and like, they, what? they move the, you have to move the elf around. I saw this thing on, on the internet where someone was like, like each night you to move it. So it's like, see, when you're asleep, it moves around and checks. And then they're like, how come the elf didn't move? And they're like, it's dead. <laughs> they're like, the elf <laughs> died. And then they're like, oh, we're, like, we're going to get another one in front. And then like, yeah. It's like, because of death and it's like, oh, that's, yeah, just a corpse that you've been looking at for a day. I thought it was just like quaint little ornament. The fact that it's a surveillance thing is so creepy. Yeah. But yeah, what I'm saying is I like to watch. Anyway. Very good. Um, and who else is here with us? I'm Gracie the red-topped reindeer. Nice. nice. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Gracie's wearing a red top. 
Incredible. Yeah. I love Fun it. to make and a visual endless. joke on an audio medium. Yeah. But. <laughs> Beautiful. Visual humor. Um, hey, so, as has become something of an HWA tradition, we've done a Secret Santa that we hastily threw together <laughs> with a $5 limit and a 57-minute time window. So before we get into the episode, I think it would be great if we just, very quickly, went through our Secret Santas and... All right, I'm going to roll these out. I'm going to determine who goes over to the pile of presents first and picks up the one with their name on it. Great. Okay. So I'm going to. So I'll be one. Grace is two. Jackson's three. Tom is four. Using a D4 on our D and D podcast. It's one. Hey. hey, it's me. Okay. So squeeze your way out. Okay, I'll just yep. I'm going to get rigged from the start. Yeah, my audio is going to be real bad for a minute as I just move away from the mic. Yeah, oh, we'll just just bring the gift <laughs> over. Man, old man clothes, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, 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 Jesus Christ. Let's do like a, you know, audio description ASMR type thing here. This is a hastily wrapped piece of brown baking paper with the word Ben. Yeah, we're going to get photos of it for the gram. Grace will take them. With the word Ben just really shittily scrawled across it. I mean, the wrapping is so poor that I can actually see what's inside without opening it. <laughs> so, I'm not going to. No, of course I will. This is the, the great opening. Um, okay, what do we have in here? We have a Pez dispenser <laughs> with... Who is this fun creature? Is it from The Little Mermaid? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a little... Um, that looks like Cthulhu or Sebastian, one of the yeah, two. Yeah, maybe it's... But it's got, like, squid tentacles. Yeah, that's Cthulhu. So it's, it's Cthulhu. Uh, from and what? From The Little Mermaid. Yes. And, of course, a, bo- a little jar, jug, can. Oh. It's been... Pretty janked up. Yeah, a very janked up can of soda water and lime. Uh, it's dented, it's covered yes. in sticky tape. Very janked up. And on and the side, it has a special sticker price Man. that says $1.29. You know what would you know be fucking funny? Is if you accidentally pulled from the presents that little Lil had. <laughs> and then like, you're like, who got me this fuck. shitty present? Yeah, I would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> if she gave me like a dinged up can of soda water and lime. I'd be like, what the fuck? Um, okay, so is this the thing right now I have to guess who got this for me? Don't, yeah, open, don't open it, Ben. But <laughs> I think we don't confirm until yet. Until the end. Okay, great. Um, I might open this can because I am thirsty. Um, <laughs> oh, that's maybe, what we've always said about you. Maybe not near the laptop. It's what okay, I would Okay, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's... Yeah, not a can that's that jagged. Yeah. It's three, which means it's jacuzzi. Nice. Jacuzzi. <laughs> Well, yeah. Now, hang on. Before we get more data, do you have to make your first guess on who got that for you? Uh, yes. Before I'm, we know any more? So, I'm torn because the handwriting is very shitty and I don't think that Grace would have shitty handwriting, but I do also just get strong Grace energy off this gift. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm going to have to go with my guess is Grace. Okay, but we're not confirming or denying yeah. anything at the moment. We're just, yeah. Right. But, I, but the record show, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> and, uh, that was definitely a, a feelings hurt. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, I got a uh, big whole bag. Um, I guess rather than unwrapping, I'm just going to like reach in. Yeah. <laughs> seems sensible. Yes. Okay, it seems to be one cold bottle glass. Incredible. Oh god, that's good. So what is it, Jackson? Just for the audience? It's a uh, Smirnoffy. So, uh, <laughs> so did you say cold bottle? It, it actually is cold. I yeah, wow, that's considerate. Do I need um, to drink it? You do have to drink it yeah, now. No, you don't have to put it down. Film it, film it, film it, Gracie, for the gram. So Jackson's just going to chortle down this Smirnoff ice. Uh, <laughs> so acquire it down. Yeah, acquire it down. Okay. 
Oh. Here's to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at him go. Wow. He has not lost it. It's still in it. That's one man who's still got it. The voice still got it. Wow. Huge. Amazing. Uh, all right. Amazing. All right. <laughs> I should have got that one at the end. All right. Just for our audio listeners. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the video fans don't get. Yeah. All right, Juicerino. Who do you think got you that wonderful smile face? Um... Interesting. <laughs> Look, and this is definitely a slight on Gracie in some way, but like, I'm not sure if the idea of icing someone would necessarily be as present in your mind. Are we all just jumping like, on Gracie? Yeah. But just because I've seen so many people get iced around <laughs> these two people, I reckon there's a uh, there's a sort of Thomas Owen chaotic energy about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We're assuming that one's a Thomas Owen. Yeah. So is it going to be Gracie or T next? Let's find out. It's two, which is crazy. Chase and grapple. It's powerful. There's green sticky tape. Maybe it's just a color. You can say. I'm not sure about the handwriting. I recognize that handwriting. Interesting. You're not allowed to say that. (laughs) (laughs) It's slime. (laughs) 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 Does someone think that they got banned? It's a jar of yeah. slime. That's definitely, that's definitely a gift from Ben in the hope that he can be like, oh, we're doing that one where we steal each other's gifts. some slime. How's someone going to steal that ice I mean, out of your guts, Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are ways. I mean, the bottle's up for grabs. Yeah. Like I, oh, wow. They didn't, didn't stretch for the extra dollar. Yeah, so. wow. It's... <laughs> Three ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have guessed that it was a um, a Ben McAllister present, but since he said he recognised the handwriting, what, and I can't recognise my own handwriting. And since it's three ninety five, I'm going to guess Thomas Owen. Oh no! <laughs> Alright, team. Such a rude thing to say. <laughs> you have lost. You're in, bud. Okay. Didn't spring that final dollar. I have. This is this is a fascinating physical sensation. What is it? So, I think it's like rosemary and some flowers and uh, like a bag with some <laughs> extra virgin olive oil in it. Okay. <laughs> this is the most peculiar collection of things. Wait, what are they? Just two, um, again. There's two little flowers. Frangies. Um... Frangies. I'm, I'm beginning to think this is someone who maybe didn't go to the store and maybe just looked at things they had in their house. And I, that would make sense for the initial I, articles, right? See, I think it's somebody who is um, jumping on Tom's flavouring in cooking. <laughs> <laughs> that takes on a whole different context if that's your present. <laughs> Is the mystery of this bag? Because yes. like there was a bag, and then what is this like a shoe bag? Yes, because it, it was already bag. in a Christmas bag. Yeah, yeah. So it was in a Christmas bag, and only the olive oil was in the shoe bag. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like somebody's strange. deliberated yeah. constructed like right, the rosemary God. as a little. Uh, yeah, I love it. So it's very peculiar. I, I, okay, I feel like either having or noticing in a store a small bottle of olive oil. For some reason, feels more like I feel like I feel like it's one of you two. I, it just well, we know Grace got the Jackie so good. <laughs> 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 I know that. 
I, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I bet the ice was BMAC. And so actually, I'm going to guess that this was you. This was you, Jackson. Okay. All right. Who got got? Did anybody get guessed? I was got. <laughs> I, I, I was got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I too was God. Although really it was a line ball scenario where you yeah. said Ben and then you're like, I guess maybe Jackson. So Yeah, yeah nice. I um, figured it out. I, I got the ice, ice for what it's worth. Yeah, well, I think so, it was one of the two well, of you and then yeah. You're welcome for that. Yeah. I did like I, mean, a, for- I love actually wrapping of a tiny bottle of olive oil. I put it in one bag inside another bag with some oh. rosemary and some flowers. Oh yeah. that's so good. Is that a love actually thing? <laughs> um also Grace. I get the whole oh. like slime for Ben thing. But don't you remember that Drazilia got a whole bunch of slime traps? Oh! oh! Amazing. Well, I'll throw it at you when I use it. <laughs> hey, okay. um, let's do this podcast. Who wants some sparkling wine? Valerius stands before the web obelisk in the Temple of Sand wearing her newly fashioned travelling clothes and outfitted for a long journey. She's learned much and more about the Cine in her time studying in the library inside the Temple of Sand. She's heading south, down from the northern deserts to what she believes is the location of the nearest temple, the Temple of Sky. She's decided to travel through the web to minimise her chances of detection. She takes a deep breath activates the obelisk using the incantation that she learned in the library. Valeria spends days following the faintly glowing path south through the web, and fortunately, she encounters none of the web beasts that she's read about. On her third lonely, tiresome day trekking through that infinite darkness, she feels something approaching rapidly from behind. She turns and, to her horror, sees a sleek tube of metal on the horizon, speeding in her direction. Panicked, she seeks shelter behind a pile of jutting obsidian, and hopes that the disturbance will pass her by. Terrifyingly, the tube of metal approaches her location, and crawls to a stop. From her hiding point, she hears the sound of a door opening, and then a voice from inside. It's the same voice our heroes just heard as they entered the chamber in the Temple of Sky. Need a lift. The four of you, including Valerio, or I suppose you'd say the five of you, given the presence of somebody that you're meeting for the first time are standing in the space I described last episode, and Elva is standing before you. I described her before. She's weirdly beautiful and fierce and alien-looking, and she's just hailed you on arrival before she says anything else. Does anything have any? anyone have anything they want to say? Well, I just, uh, just quickly, like, when you say alien, not to, like, as in, like, does she look humanoid but not close to human sort of thing like what's she the... looks like the elfiest elf you've ever seen like, like really long ears y- yeah like almost in a way that like you know modern elves that you see even people who are like full elves as opposed to half elves <coughs> they have a certain look about them yeah i'm called elf she looks like uh <laughs> a lot of my best friends are elves yeah. she... <laughs> she... <laughs> are we talking like halfway from cape land shed to a rabbit <laughs> <laughs> 
It's the sequel to Cats. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> has sharper features and weirdly intense eyes and just appears like, I guess you'd say like antiquated version of an elf. Hey, what do you this as an idea? The eyes, they're kind of like stars in the sense that like, they're almost like fiery and like that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, not like eyeballs, but like almost like spheres. Of Are you just throwing out like a thing you think would be a cool yeah, look? a cool look. Okay. I'm into it. Did you, yeah. Can Sine have She's that? She's definitely like, got really like fierce, like bright eyes, for like sure. If you want to view them as like a star, that's really up to you. But they're fierce and bright. What if her ears were so long that like physically they had to droop? Hey ears? guys, I'm glad that we're presented with like a character who can answer everything about the narrative and you guys are like just oh, yeah. so interested I, in I her just ears. want you to answer everything about how they look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the first time um, you've been like, you've described someone as alien in like the main canon of the show. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I Even guess though we've met fish people. And exactly. actual aliens yeah. when you went into the interdimensional tournament. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I think you described them as being pretty alien, which is fair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So does anyone have anything they would like to say, or are you just in stunned silence? I imagine you're, you, yeah, a bit dumbstruck. Are you Annabelle? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Elva. Pleased to meet you, Duncan. Oh, wait, that's right. We were, we were coming here to meet you. That, that yes, I, and Valeria jumps <laughs> in and says, oh, she needs a different voice, doesn't she? I was, like, was going to put like an effect over this voice, and then I was like, if I'm going to do a lot of it, it's going to be way too much. So I think she's just going to be a bit more whispery. Yeah, Ooh. Nice. Oh. She says, um What if oh. you did what if you did her as um Christopher uh, Walken? Yeah, I'm Christopher Walken. I was gonna say Adele. <laughs> okay, I prefer oh. mine. Like, <laughs> she's got ancient vocal cords, you know? Yeah, so she sounds like Chris Walken. Yeah. Well, she already said the thing about being nice to meet you. And then Valeria chimes in and says, uh, yeah, I thought we were kind of across that one. Sorry, did I not make that clear? <laughs> this is Elva, the last of the Cine, she's alive and you know. I'm very glad that you've all come. Valeria and I need your help to proceed. To proceed with what exactly? To proceed through the Temple of Sky and retrieve the things that Luthor left behind here. I, I, okay, let's do it. How can we help? What are we trying to retrieve? As you've progressed through the Temple, the challenges you've faced have mirrored our story. And now, it's time for us to end that story. As we've already discussed, Maleficus is on his way to the Crucible, and I don't know what he's going to do, but it can't be good. What is... so... <clears throat> like, what is the... Cru what are we trying to stop here? Like, what, what is the Crucible? What does it do? What is he trying to do? Maybe it would be helpful if I backed up a little bit <laughs> and then she like fucking backs up and just yeah. fucking like rubs <laughs> back fucking she drunk. fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> she backs it right up and just fucking this is the Sine that Duncan's yeah. related to throws it down yeah. low <laughs> finally finally an arse worthy of Duncan yeah. <laughs> she says as I said you've been living through our story on your way through the temple of sky once upon a time we Sine were an order of powerful magic users. We were as gods on the early world, shaping it to our will. But in the pursuit of ever greater power, our studies became dangerous. As you may know, we were researching focus gems, powerful artifacts that were capable of harnessing magical energy. 
from alternate planes and dimensions. Eventually, our leader, Maleficus, along with Anilor, our greatest architect, built something. They built... Oh, sorry, I thought you said build something. <laughs> like a, it was aeons ago. Build someone. Some... <laughs> she says, um... Sorry, build buffalo. Yeah, build something. Yeah. She says, they built a powerful magical forge that we called the Crucible. And as Elva says the word Crucible, Duncan, you have a quick, uncontrollable flashback or rather a series of flashbacks. You immediately flash back to a few temples ago when you saw that rock on the wall with runic carvings in it that caused you to flashback. So I guess you're having like a double-layered flashback to oh, like shit. a discovery in the quarry. It's a dream inside a dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to a discovery. You're in a hotel, you're crashing into a lake, it's great. <sighs> the second layer of flashback is the discovery of the weird rocks like rune covered rocks in the quarry underneath snake's bane spring which is the town duncan went to when he was a young man and you see the runes on the rock and the runes in the second layer of flashback at the quarry and then you all of a sudden realize that the rune that you mistranslated as crucified in the previous room is actually the same rune (laughs) that is is on both of those Flashbacks. Nobody's been crucifying anal ore. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't connect that at all. That room nice. read crucible. And she says That's still kinda weird though. I don't know why they chose that location. There was something about it being a confluence of magical ley lines running through the earth. And eventually he made something. And he was Excited. And then you all flash back to a vision that you had when you entered this temple where uh, you saw like 12 people walking through a dark corridor together with one up front sort of leading the way mm-hmm. and the rest seeming kind of like a bit like worried and apprehensive. Assuming that you faced the same challenges that Valeria and I faced on our way in, the first challenge is reminiscent of the creation of our greatest mistake. And you remember that first challenge which culminated in these pillars of light meeting and forging this gem in the middle of that basin where you had to fight those big rock creatures that came out of the wall? For a time, this gem that Maleficus had created was amazing. We harnessed it and we pulled energy from realms unknown and we completed our greatest works. The web, which I understand you visited, was only possible with the power of the gem. We reshaped this world in our vision. We moved mountains. We started the foundations of what I understand is now Carthus City. Eventually, though, Maleficus wanted more. And we disagreed. And then you all flash back to another flashback that you had after you left that first chamber. It's a boardroom meeting type scene that you saw where there's ten people on one side of the room and Maleficus and Elva standing on the other, animatedly arguing with the rest of the group before, starting with Dandela, the ten on the other side of the table file out of the room. Maleficus became more and more obsessed with harnessing these powers and even I began to worry about it. 
and you all recall the flashback that you had of Maleficus bent over a basin doing, like, weird arcane hand gestures while someone was behind him watching with concern. And then she kind of, like, stops for a minute. And she just kind of, like, her eyes glaze over a little bit, and she just kind of stares into the middle distance. You you turned against Maleficus? You had to you tried to stop him? Elvis still staring into the middle distance, and eventually she kind of breaks her reverie a little bit and says, Things got bad for a time. He claimed the gem for himself, and we had to work together to stop him. He was he was trying to open a channel between our world and the plane that we were sucking the energy from. He believed if he could venture to this plane of infinite magical arcane energy, then he'd become unstoppably powerful. But the rest of us were concerned. We didn't know what lay on the other side of that channel. We didn't know what would happen if we opened a direct physical link between the worlds. So we tried to stop him. And eventually we we did. And then you guys remember the second challenge that you had to face, where an automaton of Duncan, the person who'd picked up the gem out of the first room, you basically had to face off against. And then at the end of that challenge, as you recall, <coughs> the gem exploded and shattered into many pieces after you defeated the Duncan automaton. And she says, With Maleficus sealed away, we, we tried everything to destroy the twelve pieces that the focus gem shattered into, but we couldn't. And eventually we decided the safest thing to do was to separate them. And that meant separating ourselves. You have to understand, the twelve of us were the only ones who understood each other. We were the only ones of the same kind of power. We were the... We were each other's best friends. But in order to protect this world from the havoc that could be wrought if the twelve pieces could be brought together, we... We had to stay apart. And you remember the fog of lost dreams that you guys had to go through after shattering the focus gem. And then you all kind of remember a series of flashbacks that you've had over the course of several months. You remember a man sitting in the tower at Analor staring out, oh, sorry, at Espera, staring out sadly. You remember two people in the foothills south of Gartha City embracing goodbye, and then one of them turning towards those foothills, T, wearing a pair of sparkly metallic gloves that you now recognize as the ones on your hands. Mm. You remember seeing a willowy elf woman that you now know as Dandela walking alone through the woods. And the various other visions that we went through at the end of the last section. You remember seeing one after another, after another, after another, pictures of these Cine alone and separating from their friends. And when you sort of finish having these flashbacks and look over at Elva, you see her kind of... Well, it's hard to describe the expression on her vaguely alien face, but you would swear that she's almost tearing up. We vowed that we would stay apart, but... I wasn't giving up on destroying the pieces. I believed that there was still something we could do. I went into solitude and I worked on a way to destroy them and I believe I found it. But we need all of the pieces together to do it. They can't be destroyed in solitude. They get more robust and more resilient when separated from their whole. Only by bringing them together at the crucible 
can we stop this once and for all? And we need a few things that I'm hoping Luthor locked away. Is there a way to to stop Maleficus that prevents us from destroying these pieces? Because, yes, I understand destroying them makes sense in a lot of ways, but we have to bring them all together. And that is potentially the greatest threat to everything, to have them all together. So could we not just try and stop Maleficus separately and then ensure, ensure that, the, that these pieces will never come together again? Well, that's what we tried last time. And don't get me wrong, you three are powerful. Extremely powerful, in fact. You, you remind me a lot of my friends. But the combined power of the eleven of us... We couldn't, we couldn't finish the job, and we couldn't destroy the pieces. We already tried the method of not destroying them by separating them, and look what happened. I mean, look, maybe the situation will change, but right now, the only way to ultimate safety I see is the plan of destroying them. Now, I haven't taken this decision lightly. I've devoted my life to figuring out a way to destroy these gems. Is there anything to stop us just cutting Maleficus into pieces? <laughs> she says, Well, you're certainly welcome to try. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, because what I'm hearing here is if we need the pieces together to destroy them because Eleven Sine couldn't beat Maleficus permanently... I'm here on a suicide mission where we get all the pieces together, we destroy them, and then Maleficus destroys us. Or we keep the pieces apart, we kill Maleficus, and then we destroy the pieces. If we could destroy Maleficus, that would be... And then she pauses for a minute and almost chokes up and says, For the best. But, believe me, powerful as you are, I, I don't think that the four or five of us together can hope to defeat him once and for all. I, I can distract him. I can keep him busy long enough for you guys to destroy the pieces. And then, well, if my calculations are correct, the resulting explosion will... Consume us all. What? Right. <laughs> so it is a suicide mission. What happened to the rest of the Sine? To answer your first point, it, it doesn't have to be a suicide mission for all of us. If you guys can start the ritual, you'll have time to escape. And I can keep Maleficus busy enough that it'll just take he and I. And given this is partially my mistake, turning these things loose on the world, that's a price I'm willing to pay. In answer to your question about what happened to the other Sine, I wish I knew. I hazard a guess that some of them broke the vow and met up from time to time, she says kind of wistfully. And she says, but for my part, I, I never saw another one of them again. So, finally, just to 
just to be specific, what exactly stopped him for so long before? We've seen these obelisks. Was it was he trapped in one of them? Was it a ritual? Was it was it the breaking of the pieces into twelve? What stopped him? Just so we know. <clears throat> we were able to get the gem away from him long enough that we could seal him inside a sub-web inside the web. We had Analor construct a second series of obelisks that allowed access to a second layer of the web in secrecy. We, together, managed to force him through this obelisk into a sub-web. But I, I, I understand. But when you say force, do you mean magically? Do you mean physically? Like what? What do you? What do you mean? Oh, I mean he's quite physical. We just, with a combination of magical and physical attacks, we buffeted him back, and then we left and left him stranded in the subweb, with no way to get out. He couldn't activate the obelisk on his side of it without a piece. What if we were to do that same practice, but? use the pieces to destroy the web. I don't think the power of any one of the pieces would be powerful enough to do that. We could only create the web through the unified focus gem. But maybe there's something we can do there. Anyway, the specifics of the end of this plan we can work out on the way. Right now we're racing the clock. We can talk on the way to the crucible, as it were, about how specifically we're going to stop Maleficus. I've got a plan, maybe we'll find another. Right now, we need to finish this. Fair enough. So what are we picking up here? Well, firstly, there's Luthor's piece, which I believe should be at the end of this temple. And secondly, I'm hoping he has a few of our old tools from before the downfall of our order. So let's say some random automaton tears you in half before we get to the end. What do we need to know about the tools? Well, the main one you'll need is Maleficus's basin. But if a random automaton tears me in half before we get to the end, all will be truly lost. Again, I don't mean this is a slight against you, but even together, you've got no hope against Maleficus. Is it about you know, remember the Titans? But all right, defend Elva. <laughs> like the new game plan. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she says <laughs> classic NPC escort mission. <laughs> yeah. She uh, when she hears you say that, she like shoots both her arms down to the side and they like light on fire with like crackling energy and she's like Sick. Oh, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've got very limited time, so if there's any burning questions on your mind, ask them now and let's move forward. We all need to get in one of these chairs. And she starts walking towards one of the five barber chair type structures that are in the room. Uh, real quick, you're looking real good. What's <laughs> how are you? How are you still alive? How are you keeping it tight? <laughs> <laughs> she loves that, and she says, "Well, as we've already discussed, we built subwebs. The thing is, when you enter the web, you're one." Step closer, if you like, to the plane of infinite energy that we tapped into. And what we learned far too late, after we locked Maleficus away, is that when you enter a subweb, you're one step closer still. 
I spent decades in my own subweb working on a way to destroy the pieces. And those decades, through two layers of time dilation, by my calculation, I've been gone about a thousand years. Cold it. <laughs> um, is there a chance that any of the other Sine are in subwebs? I mean, if we could bring them together to fight Maleficus. I've been searching for them. When you activated the throne underneath Dandela's clock tower, I thought maybe I'd got in contact with Dandela. That's why I, that's why I spoke to you. But I never heard from them, as I said. Speaking of thrones. And she sits down and pulls the thing. That last season, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of thrones, I can take a shit. <laughs> yeah, she leaves and she's like, I don't take a shit. Yeah, fucking comes back ten minutes later like, it was a doozy. <laughs> um, Valeria turns to you each, nods, and walks over and takes her place in one of these copper thrones next to Elva. What do you guys do? Did you say there were four? There were five. Sick. Yeah. Get in that throne. Do you guys all hop in? Right. <laughs> hey, hey, it's me, your first day of 2020 friend, Big B, just checking in on you in the middle of the show, as per usual. Thanks so much for listening to Chapter 55. We sure hope you're enjoying it. Sorry again that it's so late. Um, as I said, you get it, it's a crazy time of year. I know we've been a little bit all over the place in December, but it looks like we're going to be back on track in 2020. So, uh, as I've said a couple of times, we are really close to the end of the show, or at least this story. Hopefully, by the end of this episode, you'll see that we've kind of got all the pieces fully in place for our multi-part finale. So... Yeah, the next few episodes, I don't want to lock us in, but probably three to four, depending on how long we take to tie up all the loose ends, those next three, four-ish episodes are going to be our finale, the conclusion of this narrative, so get ready for that. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to GoblinCave.tv, that's at Goblin underscore Cave on Twitter, who've been giving us some love recently, so please go give them some love in return, and if you want us to shout you out, go ahead and talk to or about us on social media. Also, do please go and tell a friend about it. We're hoping to get a few new people on board to uh, listen up before the finale comes out. Or you can go ahead and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this right now. Uh, Okay, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. Sorry again that it's late. We hope you're enjoying it. Enjoy the rest of the show. Garrick sits atop a horse, breathing heavy. He scans the battlefield around him. Just hours ago, this wasn't a battlefield at all, but a town. A town slowly learning to accept its place in the world. And now, just weeks into Hastings' first contact with outsiders, it's under attack for the second time. Our hero's suggestion of pretending that the dragon of Hastings was still present had, thanks to some clever illusory magic, managed to hold off the worst of the attack for a time helped some escape, but eventually it had been seen through. Garrick sees too many good young people lying wounded or dying in the street, and too many more fighting for their lives across the town. He grimaces. Around him are his best soldiers, 
some refugees, some former members of the Hastings Militia, all veterans of one battle or another. To his left is Chiron, Alvar Nettleford's head of security and someone he's come to count as a friend. Andrea is somewhere on the far side of town holding off another incursion. He can only hope she's okay. Behind Garrick and his men are the last of the non-combatants yet to evacuate the town. He spies Enos Halimian and Elena ushering the remaining people into the woods on the north side of town, where the rest have already fled. Before Garrick is an approaching cavalry charge, composed of the black-clad soldiers of the werewolf. Hold! He commands his men, and they lower their spears. Seconds later, it begins. They hold against the initial charge, but all hell breaks loose. Melee combat breaks out all around it. Garrick finds himself in the thick of things, spinning left, right, left, cutting down opponents and dodging their blows. The fury and fighting rages on, and in a matter of a scant few minutes, it's nearly over. He sees several of his fighters cut down in the madness, and then, to his horror, he sees Chiron catch a spear through the chest. At that, Garrick lets out a blood-curdling scream, and his vision clouds. He charges deeper into the fray, swinging his sword wildly. When he regains his senses, he's on his knees, holding his sword out in front of him with a trembling arm. He's surrounded. He only hopes that he's done enough to help the others escape. You guys sit down in your barber chairs and you pull them on the little uh, helmet parts of them down over your heads and you're transported into this weird kind of what we might think of as a sort of digital VR space. But you know, you've made Yeah, you guys have been in this kind of space before. Although this one I will say is a little bit different. This is the first time you've seen multiple of these chairs in the same location and when you're in this weird space and you look around to your left and to your right, you see all the other people. Like, all five of you are in this weird kind of empty space together, separated in these little light enclosures. Like, we're caged. Yeah, you're, like, in a, like the, like a little light cage, like, doesn't like that. in a yeah. big empty space. <laughs> but, you know, you've been in these kinds of, like... break my rusty cage and run. <laughs> you've been in these VR spaces before, and as with the previous times you've been in these VR spaces... There are, like, words appearing sort of just, like, in front of your eyes. Vintage. And each of you... Well, the first things that you see is verifying Sine identity. And they all kind of, like, dot, 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 dot underneath. And then each of the three of you eventually see identity unverified. Commence secondary identification sequence. Would have been such a twist, though. (laughs) (laughs) The real Darth Revan twist. (laughs) What? Yeah, this is is the Darth Revan moment where you realise that you guys were the Sine all along. Put your memories. That would have been good, dude. Yeah, I should have done that. That would have been way better than this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of Kotor energy. It says commencing secondary identification sequence, and then each of you is asked a question. What is your mother's maiden name? Yeah. <laughs> Dandelion. <laughs> what was your favourite subject in school? Yeah. So the first one, let's do these one at a time. The first question comes up. It's for Jody. You feel the, the like, light box and the space and the barber chair all just kind of, like, scanning your essence. It's a really weird feeling. 
And then you you see the question appear, which Cine created the place you once called home? And then there's like a drop down list with the names of the 12 Cine that you have to scroll through. <laughs> and uh, for what it's worth, Juice, I'll read them out for you and you can try and, and nail this one. Yeah. Maleficus, Elva, Anilor, Adelaide, Glyra, Ianthe, Dandelo, Davar, Dandelar, Aramond, Kiramon, and Luthor. I think Jody is it telepathic or is it verbalized? Uh, it's like telepathic, kind of. Yeah. It's like you're controlling like a mouse cursor with your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Jody lowers the uh, mouse cursor down and selects Aramond. Yeah, and of course, Aramond being the name of the deity within Espera that Jody grew up oh. thinking was the deity they followed, but realized when they were having that meeting at Espera like ten yeah. sessions ago was actually one of the Cine. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as soon as Jody ticks Aramond, there's like a moment of consideration, and then a doo doo ding, and Jody's little light prison that he's in dissipates, and he falls into the void. <laughs> <laughs> but he's standing on black ground. It's kind of like the web, nice. the space that he's standing nice. in. Nice. I really and wish I'd known there was going to be a pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Duncan, and it's scanning Duncan's essence, and then the question pops up and says. Which Cine created the gloves that you now bear? And then there's a drop-down list with all the names that I just read out. In the flashback to yes. the two people, and then one of them walks into the hills. Yes. The hills are in the direction of Anilor? Yes. Was it the guy or the girl who walked towards the hills? It was the guy. Oh, well then I'm going to select Anilor. Yes, so this combination of flashback clues finally worms its way through Duncan's brain and he's like, hey, right. it's pretty quick on that. He's like, right, the gloves, yeah. Um, <laughs> the same thing happens, a moment of hesitation, and then a doo-doo-ding, and the light cage that you're in dissipates, and you're now standing next to Jody. and around this same time, well actually, before either of you, Elva managed to, to fall no. down onto the, the... Way to flex on us. Well, because it didn't have to ask her a question, you see, it was just like, confirming Cine identification. Yep, it's one of us. Here you go. This bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, she's hundred percent. Then we're in Drosilia's little pod, and it says verifying Cine ancestry, and it spends the longest time on you, like deep beep 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 beep, and then it's like no 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 secondary verification, and then it goes, which Cine created the place that you once called home, and then it says, eh, too easy. And then oh, <laughs> it comes up with easy. another question. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> crafty bastard. It's always fucking with you. Uh, it drops down a second question and says, which Cine created the Temple of C? Option D for Deva. Whoa! Whoa. Got it in one! Uh, Fuck, I'm glad that did not go the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a doo-doo-doo. You saw nothing but hatred for fish people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Former hatred. You smell a lot of fish. Then uh, the light cage dissipates, and all five of you now are standing on the ground in this web-like space. Did Valeria get through, or was she like a phony? (laughs) She's still in there, she's just like... She's just like miming, like being like, come on! Pulls the mask off, it's Maleficus. Yeah, she's like, guess what? I'm stuck in this cage. Yeah. Well, Maleficus can get through, right? Anyway, Valeria's down there, and Elva says, okay. And then she takes a step forward off the line, and all of a sudden, the web like space 
before you that was empty populates. Uh, so there is this same like, black glass, red, uh, black glass sort of web-like floor permeated by pillars of pulsating purple crystal. The other thing that, that's weird about this web is like the webs you've been in before have all been like fully open. This one you get the feeling is actually kind of enclosed. It's like a large rectangular sort of corridor shape, uh, maybe 60, 70 feet tall, you know, 20, 30 meters tall and 20, 30 meters wide. And quite deep, like deeper than you could can really see a wall. Um, and these pulsing purple <clears throat> crystals are not just on the floor. They're also sticking out of the walls and also hanging down from the ceiling. And maybe a hundred feet ahead of you, there is what might appear to you to be an altar. But on closer inspection is a large copper rectangle, like a rectangular prism, just lying on the web. Sure, sure, sure. And what do you guys do? Oh, we go and we take the rectangle. Well, as you take three steps off the line, uh, two giant 60-foot-tall creatures made of hard light energy shoot up out of the ground. They're towering, almost taking up the entire height of the space. They're each, like, 20 feet wide. There's not much room in between them. And they both, in sync, beat their hard light chests and roar at you. They're thick-shouldered, thick-chested, humanoid beings of pure light. And Elva like, immediately shoots up a few feet off the ground and says, I'll take the left one. And then shoots off in the direction of the one on the left. And I need you all to roll initiative for me. Show off. <laughs> we forgot to check for traps. Oh, my God. Twelve. Five. Uh, well, I rolled a four, but I have plus five dexterity, so nine. Wow, those are bad rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me out of the way early, though. That's what yeah. I think. Okay. Unfortunately, you all act slower than the enormous 60-foot-tall, 20-foot-wide creature of light. That's crazy. We were waiting for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, what's our health situation like? Mm. I'm good. Are you good, I'm Grace? Fine. <laughs> Nine. Um, Jesus Christ. Okay. So, this large creature stumbles towards you and... Me? No, all three of you. And <laughs> why didn't I take a healing potion when we were chatting? <laughs> um, we I can wreck on the idea that you were like, so what's up, Elva? Like, yeah, I got all these questions. <laughs> just like, close to death. Given that you just straight forgot the amount of health you had, I think we can retcon that you took a healing potion. Like, during, that makes sense to me, that you would have chorted one down if that's something you want to have done. What's a healing potion? Like, one? 2d4 plus two? You could probably drink two of them, we'll say. You, you I think had I only had one left. Okay. I've got one, you can have one. All right. Okay, so 44, 44 plus four is the amount of health that you're going to get back. I think I'm at like full health anyway, so quite close to it. 13 points. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Druzzy's on 22 hit points <laughs> as this creature lumbers over to you and first lashes out with one of its huge, thick, light fists down at Jody. Grace, look away from my rolls. Or oh, don't, fuck it. Um, that one is... 9 plus 13, 22 to hit. Uh, and I expect that's going to do yeah. it. <laughs> and when, when Jody is bludgeoned by this enormous uh, magical light fist, he takes 15 bludgeoning damage as it Ooh. crushes down into his body. The thing then brings its second fist down on the heavily armoured dwarf that it sees next to Jody. Must try. 21 against AC. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this time, Duncan takes, oof, relatively large, 25 bludgeoning damage as it crushes him with its fist. It then rears back up onto its, like, full height and, like, just, you know, fucking, like, come on. A little bit of, a little bit of, a little bit of, a 
Morpheus Soul energy. Zone? All right. Yeah. Meanwhile, you glance over to the left and see Valeria like sprinting over to this other creature, whilst Elva is like just hovering off the ground a little bit ahead of her, like flying towards it, and then like lift up one arm and just like shoot a bolt of lightning at its chest. And they're just like, Why don't we just run around for a bit, let her clean them up. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. kite the mobs around. Well, like, but, like yeah. why is Valeria helping out Elva? Oh, Elva, yeah, what's her deal? She because... described herself as a god. <laughs> she said that you guys. Honestly, I'm retiring. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Elva did say that you guys were powerful and reminded her of her friends in your level of power. Yeah, yeah she did indeed compare us to gods. That yeah, I mean, you're level 14 adventurers. I think that's kind of fair. <laughs> Basically, demigods. The level 20 is when you reach god status, but anybody. Anyway. But anybody. Yeah. But anybody. Maybe when you've got magical items that were crafted by, like, ancient Ooh. magical gods, maybe that amps up your power level a little bit. Um, anyway, uh, and so now it's... Who's up next? Who got after the... T. Eight? Yep, okay, T. Twelve. T with twelve, Duncan. So, this creature is now standing kind of, like, in front of you, raised up to its full 60-foot height. What do you do? I say, well, that was your first mistake. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to fuck it up. I actually do really want to kite it. Um, Where are you going to kite it to? I can just run through his legs. Okay, you could try that. Uh, is it, it's, it's a physical, tangible being. It's made of hard light. I'm going to hack its leg off. Okay, you're going to try. <laughs> um, go ahead and make an attack roll for me. Is this a power attack, given you've explicitly said you're trying to hack its leg off? Uh, mm, I mean, it's, it's pretty big. It should have a low AC, hopefully. Oh, I don't know, it's made mm. of light. I'm, I'm not going to power attack. I don't, okay. I don't really like the chances. Okay, first swing. That's 19 plus 12. I feel like that's probably going to do it for you. Yeah, you know, that's good. 19 and 12 is a big number. One of the biggest ones, actually. Sure. Ooh, get to reroll that one. 14 damage. Okay, all right. One of Duncan's powerful broadsword strokes clashes into the side of this light being, and you see like a chip of light, like a spark almost, like come off its leg where you've cut it, and it just like dissipates into the ground. Now, did that alter its physical shape? Ah, yeah, it left a little nick behind. Ah, if it nicks, we can kill it. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's a power attack. Even a god king can nick. Oh, bad time to go to a power attack. Roll a five. Um, Wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, so that's like... Twelve, right? Twelve, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately not. Even targeting that little nick that you created while I eat a mouthful of peanuts. Do you like this one, listeners? <laughs> Stop it! No, unfortunately not. You've got one more attack there, right? Yeah, I sure do. So, here we go again. Doing some damage to it. Uh, 22 all up. Yep. Nice. Power attack paying off. Oh, power attack. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, eight plus six is 14 plus 10 is 24. Nice. Okay. Square in that nick. Nice. Nice. You, you dig, yeah. You dig your fucking greatsword back into the nick and you see like another spark shoot you out. You know of what it. I want to look like? I want to look like those dudes who wear polo shirts and cut up logs at the Royal Show as fast as they can. Okay. I think Duncan's got a bit of a lumberjack energy going on right now. Jackson, you're in. All right. Jody. What does Jody Mustard uh, do? I'm going to rush up and attempt a stunning strike. Yeah, huge. And strike down with his uh, Cine implements. Oh, boy. The stunning strike could be big. Um, so that's a 23 to hit. It does hit. Um, does it make it t- take a con save for me? Okay. It's got a big con save. Yeah. Yeah, it's 27. <laughs> so that's okay. Uh, so 23 to hit. 
That's uh, that's eight damage. Nice. Wait, no, sorry, nine damage. <laughs> um, and then I'm gonna attack him again, and we're gonna try and stunning strike him again. Nine damage, and then a second stunning strike. Bring me the strike. Make it stunning. Oh, fuck, it's uh, so so stunning. 30, thirty hits. Nice. Yep. That another, will another con save, please. Okay. Twenty-three. Ah. He's got a high con save. Yeah, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. He's a big, big boy made of hard light. Uh, that's <laughs> eleven damage. Okay. Um, and then I'm gonna burn my bonus action. Nice. And I try and attack him twice more. Oh, huge! Ooh. So these are fist strikes now, yeah. right? With Jody's magical hands, they yeah, count as magical. So hands. 19... That's right, ladies. Jody's magical hands. Nineteen to hit. Yeah, that hits him. Great. And the second one. Uh, 18 to hit. Uh, unfortunately not. Great. So, now you know the issue. Now we know. Yep. Um, <laughs> Valuable insight for Duncan there. You all heard that bit where I cast Hunter's Mark before all of our... Of course, of course, of course. So how much extra damage does he need from the Hunter's Mark? Yeah, I hit uh, twice, right? Yeah, so 36. That'll be, um, 10 damage, and if he could take a save for me... A con save? Um, no, a dex save. Okay, this might be big. Is this a knockdown? Yeah. Can you do it to a creature of any size? Yeah. You can just knock down a huge yeah. 60 foot tall. What? Okay. Yeah, Alright. His deck save's not as good as his con. Yeah, it's a critical fail also. That's pro baby. <laughs> so, alright. Oh you fucking God. not like just what? Open palm strike this yeah. like thing in the leg, I guess, because it's 60 feet tall. And it just like buckles to the ground and then falls over backwards. I mean, clearly you've just like hit its leg back so hard that it accidentally does the splits. Yeah, exactly. Like, one of his legs just shoots straight out the back. Straight back. Yeah, nice he goes down. And <laughs> it looks like it's cheerleading. It's doing the splits. Yeah. Uh, how much extra damage did Duncan deal to it from the Hunter's Mark? Uh, nine. Okay, so you see that this thing has taken some damage. It's looking a little bit battered, but definitely far from what you would call bloodied if it can bleed. Uh, sparks are shooting out of its existing wounds, and it is down on the ground. When you see over on the other side the large light being that Elva's engaged with swing one of its fists, and it's like just about to like clean her up good in the side, and then you see Valeria, like, throw up a magical shield that, like, blocks the fist from hitting her at the last moment. And then we're around to Gracie. Gracie, what oh. does Drazilia do? Drazilia calls out, tap me in when we're close to the end, and she makes herself invisible. Uh. And But she also uses a sorcery point to quicken it and is able to cast a cantrip Ray of Frost on the closest big boy. Wait, wait, wait. So, if you cast a spell, though, won't that end your invisibility? Because you don't have greater invisibility. Yeah. Well, can I just cast Ray of Frost first and then go invisible? Yes, you could. Yeah. Cast Ray of Frost. <laughs> That's uh, what I do. A cantrip <laughs> that deals fucking... I love that. You're like, what, two he's a health potion so you can stay alive. And also, you got You got one hit that was more than my entire health. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's saying come and stand next to it. Alright. Well, Bye. <laughs> Uh, how much damage does Ray of Frost deal if it hits? First you gotta roll to hit? Um, yep, 3d8. It's 19 to hit. Yep, 19 to hit. Oh my god, that was the exact... Exact AC of the creature, yeah, that's right. Yep, so you hit him with the 19. 14 plus... Plus your cold damage, which is 5, because of your charisma being 20 now, right? Yeah. Yep, okay, so 19. Not bad on a Ray of Frost, actually. Do you you get an extra... No, you don't. Sorry, mm, not on that one. Um, and then I fly into the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's on the ground and you like fly up invisible now. Yes. Okay. So Druzzy's now hovering. She's like, Elva, I can do it too. And like yes. flies up a little bit. Okay. The creature that is on the ground stands up, expanding half of its movement and uh, brings its two fists down on Jody and Duncan again. You know, smash them up, smash them up. Yeah. Sure. He loves to smash them up. Love so the first one is 29 against Duncan. 
And then 21 against Jody. Both hit. Oof. That's huge. Okay. I like the idea of having put a hunter's mark on a big... And be like, there it is! <laughs> but yeah, but I, like, imagine the idea of being like, oh yes, we're giving out hunting. <laughs> gather the hounds and the horses. Ah, yes, today's quarry, the giant light being. 25 damage on Duncan. Wow, okay. And 19 damage on Jody. Those are some big heads. Yeah, it's chunky. You, guys, you just feel yourself being pummeled by this enormous fucking hard light technology. It's like a lightsaber, but it's a fist. And it doesn't burn you, it just bludgeons you. Like a training saber, I guess. Rise of Skywalker in cinemas now. Um, <laughs> this is a tie-in, Disney tie-in. Uh, we'll get sued. Uh, okay, so the next JJ, person... tie me in. The next person to attack is Thomas Owen, Duncan. What do you do, my friend? Oh, actually, in the meantime, you see Elva having flown around the fist that was just caught on the shield, so now she's, like, got kind of onto the side of the creature. It's, like, facing where she was, and now she's over here, and she blasts another bolt of lightning into the head of this thing, and it, like, reels back in pain. And then Duncan, down on the ground, standing in front of you once again. I'm going to keep... Performing my uh, tree surgery, tree tree surgery, yes, <laughs> okay. on its on its leg. Yep. So I'm I'm gonna roll roll in some power attacks again. Nineteen plus seven, that's gonna hit, right? Yup, sure does. <clears throat> plus ten is twenty three. Plus the hunter's mark is twenty six. Nice. With that. You hear it like if it could oof, it oofs. As it takes that last blow, you just hear like a concussive noise permeate through. I want to. I want to hear the noise. That's, that's, that was a concussive oof. Mm. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, as you strike it in this same nick in its knee, and you see sparks come flying out. How of it. bad is the nick looking? Uh, you're maybe halfway through the thing's leg, like, like a Nick Cage. Yeah, I'm gonna. Whack it again. In the Nicholas Cage? I'm chasing that oof. Yeah, another power attack? Yeah, power attack into that Nicholas Cage. Ooh, that's a one. That's not going to do it. No, unfortunately not. Your sword, like, bounces off it and, like, and, like, you look really embarrassed because it's, like, wobbly and you're, like, all vibrated. Do I, does my sword look as wobbly as that shot of Kit Harrington mounting his horse in the Battle of the Bastards where you can see that it's a prop rubber sword going wow, 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 wow. What is this content? <laughs> yeah, this is and the third power attack. <laughs> Seven, two, uh, yeah, we're looking at 15 on that one. Unfortunately not. Or that, that I could redeem it with some precision. precision. Nah, fuck it. We're doing all right. Okay. I can take three more hits. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Oh. Can you? Uh, the next person to act is Jody Mastana. Um, Jody decides to go for a, somewhat of a distraction and defensive sort of play. Oh no! Um, so Jody runs up the body of the beast. Very good. And uh, perches himself like sort of behind like the head of the light being. If that very makes good, sense. Very good. Very good. He uses his action to heal himself. Very good. So once per day, he can heal himself for three times his monk level of health. Just 42 hit points. Huge. Yes. So that's what he does. So he's probably back to like full health now. And then he uses his bonus action to use the dodge. Dodge. To use the dodge action. And then he's intentionally trying to like aggro. Uh, so basically attacks against him will have disadvantage, but, but he is intentionally trying to aggro the beast with him up on its like behind his head. Fantastic. So yes. he's what, just trying to like get its attention? Yeah, basically. He's like not attacking, but he's like sort of needling away while he's also using dodge. So he's ready to try and dodge, but he's trying to sort of... Do you want me to roll something to try Yeah, and I like, do want you to roll something. I'm trying to decide what it should be. If you're trying to like get its attention, I want a yeah. performance check. <laughs> this is some nice. J-Pree. This is some old school Jody J-Pree. 
Oh, baby, that you know that's a nat 20. Oh, my God. Okay. So with that We're nat 20, you do manage to get the thing's attention. You're just like, ooh, and it's here, and it's like trying to like see you like whiffing around you over its shoulders the scene and stuff. like a regular Bubba Frick. <laughs> Bubba Frick. Bubba Frick, yeah. Oh, I love Bubba. I'm obsessed with Bubba Frick. I, I can't stop thinking about it. Give me a baby Bubba Frick yeah. now in, in, the, in the Mandalorian. That would be so weird. <laughs> yeah. Baby so Frick. Small. Baby Frick? Are we calling it baby? Freak. So, the next person to act is Valeria, who you see go for a sweep the leg with a massive magical hand, and she, like, thwacks it into the ankle of the creature inspired that her. Elva is flying around trying to attack, and it, like, almost falls, but, like, steadies itself. And then, we're around, it we're around to Drazilia. Um, who's invisible. <laughs> I guess Drazilia, like, flies around to the other side of the big butt guy, like, away from Jody and Duncan, and then is, like, what else can I do? I mean, maybe... Is there, like, a switch in this room or something like that? Like, do we have to kill these things? Oh. You haven't looked around. Drazi looks around the room. <laughs> Drazi looks around the room. Go ahead and give me a perception check. It's bad. It's bad. So, given that it's bad, she doesn't see anything other than what's been described already. I mean, she sees this altar on the other side, um, which is made out of copper and is, like, a kind of long rectangular copper box and she sees these two big light creatures that everyone's engaged in combat with can i fly to the altar and do an investigation check okay you can fly over to the altar and look at it more closely we'll say you spend this turn getting over there and then on your next turn i'll describe what you see but can we have a cliffhanger facial reaction okay yeah yeah uh, I'll say Drusilia gets over to the altar and she's shocked at what she sees. Number six will shock you. <laughs> oh you wouldn't oh. believe it. The next thing that happens is the creature that Jody has now distracted is like, huh, whoa, and turns around to try and attack him. And instead of using its large fists, it holds up one of its arms and it sharpens from a fist into a single point. Whoa. That's some real Iron Man shit. And it's a little too shit. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And then it lunges at Jody with this now sharpened fist. And he's got disadvantage yeah. because of your dodge ability. So the lower of them is only an 18. Or oh, baby... 1980. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoa. You, this fucking razor sharp thing goes millimeters yeah, past Jody's, Jody's... <laughs> millimeters past yeah, Jody's right. head. Some of his hair is sliced off his body. That's this thing's entire turn. Now it's Duncan. Um, this may shock you as much as number six did. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hit it with my sword. Yeah, nice. I'm gonna put my. Big sword in its nick cage. Um, so I've rolled seventeen. I yeah, I'm gonna gonna precision this. Uh-huh. Ah! Oh fuck, where did that go? So precise. <laughs> Stunning. Stunting. Where did it go? My favorite thing about Duncan is that he's always stunting. Yeah. Okay. So I add four. What Bring was it up to twenty one, which means you yeah. do hit him with this power. Nice. Bring it on. <gasps> Nine plus all your bonuses, buddy. Four is thirteen plus six is nineteen plus ten is twenty-nine. Oof! It goes oof yet again <clears throat> as you uh, cut a little bit more out of this nick in its leg that you're carving. You're like two thirds of the way through its leg at this point, and there are sparks flying. Two thirds of the way through its leg. Yes. Here we go. Another power attack. Let's take this fucker off. Uh, that's seventeen. 
Do you have another precision in you? Uh, I'm just going to check if it's a bonus action to use precision. Marvelous! Yeah, it's its own thing, right? Oh, some of them are bonus actions, but this is not. Uh, Oh, I get to add seven on that one, so that definitely hits. Nice! Alright, another power attack. 14 plus 10 is 24. 24 damage. Okay. Its leg is hanging in there by a thread at this point. Okay, okay. Third attack. Here we go. Uh, 17, so that's going to hit. 17? No. No, as in 17 plus Before you seven. add your modifiers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, so 24. plus 8, because it's not metal. Nice, okay, so 25 does it indeed. Plus 4 is 13, plus 6 is 19, plus 10 is 29. 29. Duncan's sword finds its way through the creature's leg, and it goes tumbling to the ground before him as one of its legs gives way underneath it. As this is occurring, you see Elva, flying around the head of the other creature, bring two magical conjured bludgeoning objects in on either side of its head in a very uh, Sherlock Holmes discombobulate and or or the Ewoks with the tree thing manoeuvre. And this creature stumbles to the ground as well. That one falls to its knees and yours falls straight to the ground. Um, Oh no! (laughs) Yeah, Jody's riding it down. Like a fucking point break. Um, (laughs) So good. I love it when they they fucking slay the giant light monsters in point break. (laughs) It's a bold choice for the reboot, but I loved it. The next person to act is Jody Mastana. Go. So, is it dead? No. Oh, it's well, just then I'm on the ground. Surge. Oh, nice action surge. Yeah. Go on. That's prone, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> Wasted that. So you've got advantage against this creature that's legs you've just hacked through. Make it magic in 2019 for the last time. Thomas Owen, bring it home. Three power attacks with advantage. Is that the vibe? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the first one's a five. That's going nowhere. No. The second one is a six. That's going nowhere. <laughs> This is hard to watch. Third one. Oh, wait. Do I have advantage? Because it's... Yeah, it's prone, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So advantage on the first one turns it into... Okay, a two. That's no good. Advantage on the second one. Uh, oh, fuck. That's a three. Okay. okay. You've got all the bad rolls out. So with the third next one, advantage... The third one's going to be a crit. Yeah, I think we've got all yeah, know yeah. the third one is going to be a crit. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, no, but I'll take the 17. That'll be- okay, nice. You get him with this power attack while he's down on the ground. Bring me the damage, Thomas Owen. Uh, I'm going to turn it into a uh, menace... Dealing some extra damage okay. as well. Hunter's Mark. Looking at 20 plus 6 is 26 plus the 10 is 36. Huge. Huge damage dealt to it. Uh, you, you just fucking are wailing on the wound that is half of its leg. Uh, but it's still hanging in there. Then it's Jody. What do you do? Bring me the damage, Jody. Um, so is its arm still sharpened? Uh, yes, its arm is still sharpened okay, up to great. a point. Uh, Jody runs down and then, I guess with advantage, uh, wants to... So it, it, it's fallen down. Is it yes. like on its side or something like that? It's, it's on its back, kind of, and it's got its big right. sharp arm. He moves behind, like, the elbow of the sharp arm and then presses his staff in and then presses that little, like, ejecto button thing that he has oh, on Oh, nice. Trying to, like, sort of, like, push, like, the blade into itself. Yeah, okay, whatever. We can try this. I'm going to make you enter a strength contest with this creature. You can use your regular attack stat with all of your attack bonuses because you're using an attack move. And it's just going to use its athletics ability. With your attack stat, you've just got to beat 14. Oh! Because he only rolled 14 on his strength check. Oh, right. Okay, well, 16 plus 11. Nice, okay. (laughs) He was, like, trying to resist it and you, like, blow his arm into himself and then he's going to take... He's going to take the full damage from his sharpened arm, which is a stunning 
Seven D ten plus seven <laughs> that it's gonna what? deal to itself now. Glad it didn't hit Jody. I gotta, gotta yep. tell you that. Oh my God. Glad it missed yep. no one. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. Yep. So its sharpened arm stabs into itself. Nine, eleven, fifteen. Shit rolls. Sixteen, eighteen. Only twenty-five. Oh, so oh like God. surprisingly, shit rolls. And then it's Trazilia. And Trazilia is standing at the altar now. It's got six piece-shaped divots in even distribution along the surface of this rectangular prism and no visible seams or other inscriptions at all just six piece-shaped divots whatever will you do anyway that's what Drazilia sees does she do anything more than one piece each how many pieces do we have we've all got side pieces so you guys had five between you but you gave one to Garrick, Fuck. then you, well, you know Valeria has one and you assume Elva has one, but you don't actually know. I force look of Garrick. Okay. I take the piece back. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does Drazilia do? This creature's on the ground. It's just been stabbed in the side by its own pointy arm. Its leg's been hacked through. She's standing at the altar. She's seen these six divots. What does she do? What's going on with the other creature? Uh, fucking Elva's, like, just flying around in circles, like, Valeria's down there, like, dropping, like, a fucking trail, like it's a fucking at-at in the Battle of Hoth. <laughs> She's gonna, you know, pull its legs together, although it's already on the ground as well, like, oh, not just ground. They seem to have that one firmly in hand. This one's on its last legs, laying there on its back. What do you do? Do you mean it's on its last leg? Ha! <laughs> uh, turns around, shimmers back into existence, and disintegrates. Cast a disintegrate. On the creature that's yes. lying there on its back. Okay, roll the damage for me. It's got to take a constitution saving throw? Yep. I know it's dex, isn't it? It's dex from disintegrate because it's a line of energy. That's right. Yeah. So this creature is going to have disadvantage because it's prone. So it's taking this dexterity save with disadvantage. Its dex save is not that great to begin with. Yeah, unfortunately, the three plus its seven is only ten. So your disintegrate wangs it as you shimmer back into existence. Go ahead and roll the full damage for me. 10d6 plus 40. Um... Don't worry about it. <laughs> it doesn't have 40 hit points. You fucking shatter this being of light oh, into amazing. a shower of sparks. And I assume take all the credit, given it is Drazilia. I think that's the first time disintegrate. I've successfully disintegrated. Oh yeah, you disintegrated into powder. That's right. Yeah. So it's now dropped to zero hit points by disintegrate. It becomes powder. At the same time, Elva flies down from the ceiling carrying like a lance made out of crackling electrical energy and drives it into the skull of uh, the other one of these right. creatures. And it doesn't disintegrate into a powder, but it does break up into a shower of sparks. The six of you, or the five of you, are now standing at the foot of this altar with the six piece-shaped divots in it. Elva reaches out and says, I hope this is where Luthor's been storing his valuable artifacts. And she pulls out a little wand and unclips a gem from the tip of it and places it delicately in the leftmost divot. Just the tip? Just the tip. Drazilia pulls at the piece from her magic staff Mm -hmm. and puts it in a divot. The next divot along. Right next to Elva. Valeria takes the piece out of her necklace and places it in the third divot. Jody palms his piece from his staff and then, like, moves his hand over Duncan's ear and, like, pulls it from behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and inserts it into the prison. Uh-huh. How many divots are there left? Two. I only have one piece, right? Well, yes. between the three of you, you had a spare piece because you guys had four between you. I don't know. Who has it? Garrick. I oh, it's actually in Drazzy's necklace. necklace. Yeah, that's oh. right. I was waiting for the big moment. Okay, great. Again, Did classic. Drazzy knows she could have put them both yeah, in at the same yeah, time, yeah. but she wanted to go last. Right. 
Um, Do Drazzy and Dunghan have a stare off? Uh, he takes the piece out of. Uh, is it the hilt or is it like it's the hilt? Is it like the pommel or? So you can decide. I it's think it's the pommel. The pommel stone. It feels pommely. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's a pommel stone. He takes the piece out. Yeah, which actually means the sword is probably poorly balanced unless you have a piece in it. Well, maybe it's poorly balanced now. <laughs> uh, he, he takes the piece out and puts it in the second last divot. What? Drazilia feigns remembrance. She's like, <laughs> oh yeah. Pulls the necklace from her neck and puts the final piece in. God, you'd hate for this to be a trap for Maleficus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Maleficus appears before he says, You fool! Yeah. Sweeps the six gems into a burlap sack and then runs away. No. Uh, you hear the sound of like a hermetically sealed chamber unsealing. A break in the top of the prism magically appears and the lid starts to lift up. And before we see what's inside that container, you all get a message crackling over your sending stone. It's Elena. And she says, Hello, come in. Jody, Drizzlia Duncan. It's Elena. We we got away from the attack on Hastings. I'm here with Alvar and the refugees and Drizzlia's family, but they got Garrick. And I haven't heard from Andrea either. We see Maleficus and Esme walking through a subterranean cavern. They're approaching what appears to be an ancient, gnarled stone altar. Maleficus strides in front as always, with Esme, still apprehensive, trailing behind. Maleficus places a single hand on the altar, and a grim smile wraps across his face. He's finally back here after all this time after what they did to him he's finally back to the crucible to finish what he started How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newson. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or Still Interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.